Hey there, it's me, Amanda Little, your host on the Serenity Now podcast. Thanks for listening. This is episode number 11. Today's conversation is about the universal laws. I'm speaking with Tracy Montgomery. She's sharing insight on how to align ourselves and create the life of our dreams. And just a quick heads up, since we're adults having adult conversation, there may be some adult language. Hello, Tracy. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Welcome to the Serenity Now podcast. I'm so excited to have you as my guest here. Oh, I'm super excited to be here. I was telling my kids just before I got on, I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, I'm nervous. And they're like, you're going to be fine, mom. You're going to do great. It's like, oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. What do they think of this? Well, they think it's pretty cool. Like I told, I didn't say anything till yesterday because I had said to them like, okay, you guys getting on a podcast. So there's no like fighting, like they're, they're left to their own devices right, right. now. Right. So yes. to speak. So I'm like, there's no fighting or don't, do, you know, like you gotta be quiet, you know, whatever. And Nate's like, well, are you doing a call? And I'm like, no, I don't have a client. I'm doing a podcast. And he's like, you mean like Rich Roll? Do you know who that is? I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, like Rich Roll, and that's who my husband loves. And I'm like, well, yeah. He's like, but not with Rich Roll, right? I'm like, well, not this time. Maybe later, maybe in the future. And he's like, oh, that's really cool, Mom. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I know. He's like getting into all the YouTube videos and creating his own account and stuff. So now he's like, now I'm cool again oh, for at cool. least a day. <laughs> Yeah, I've often wondered when I'm talking to people what their kids think of this. Mm-hmm. You know, their or their their parents, their moms usually is who I'm talking to is, and them being on social media and you know posting these videos and stuff and yeah. Yeah, my kids are pretty sweet about it. Like, um, they didn't really see a lot of this until COVID hit because all of a sudden we were all quarantined together. And that's when I kind of started to pivot towards more of an online business. And and so then they're like looking at my social media. And yesterday I did a branding shoot a few weeks ago. And last night I got my photos back and they're like looking at them all. They're like, oh, mom, you look so amazing. And I'm like, oh, it's so sweet. How did it go? It was good. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, it was really good. I'm excited to, Excellent. I'm in the process of vamping, revamping my website. So they're going to go up there. So I'm super right. excited. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned you're pivoting your business online. Mm-hmm. So what exactly are you doing with your business? Well, uh, up until COVID, most of what I did was in person, which I'm still doing, doing massage and Reiki and energy work um, and SRT. And then, of course, COVID hit and we all had to take a look at where we're going and what we're doing. Right. So um, I already knew that I was going to be developing an online business because I was just finishing up a 10 month coaching program. Mm. And uh, so COVID just kind of accelerated a bit. So I started offering my SRT sessions online because I couldn't do it in person anymore. Um, And then I just started uh, uh, creating my one-on-one coaching program. And so that's a lot of what my online business entails is the coaching aspect in the SRT. Nice. Okay. So I have not done an episode on SRT yet. Do you want to just give us a real quick, quick and dirty, what is it? Yeah, so SRT stands for spiritual response therapy, or some people will say spiritual response technique. And what it is, is it's a, you work with a pendulum and a system of charts um, to work with the Akashic records or the soul records, uh, and to look at limiting programming, um, unconscious belief systems, old paradigms and habits that aren't working for you or that are holding you back. And we look on researching and identifying those and then clearing them and moving them out of the way so that you can step into living a life that you want to live. Mm, Love that. So I did an episode, a couple episodes ago, that was with Christine, who is a mutual friend of ours. Mm -hmm. And she, we were talking about cellular transformational healing. Yeah. So what are the similarities that you find between the cellular transformational healing and the SRT? The similarities that I have noticed in what I participated in and experienced for myself is that um, both modalities are working with our limitations. Mm -hmm. Both modalities are working with old programming, old paradigms, old belief systems that are showing up for us that can be really loud, that keep us stuck, that keep us in fear, that keep us in lack and limitation, in anxiety, in worry. And yes, sometimes they're in this life for sure, but they're also in our past lives. Okay. Yeah. 
So, and both modalities in their own way to work to remove those and to clear the discordant energies that we hold on to out of the body, out of the mind, out of the spirit. And then that allows us to move into a space that we want to be in. Right. Yeah. Okay. So there is quite a bit similar. There is. Yeah. Different modality for sure. Different way of doing mm-hmm. things, but very much in a lot of ways, the same idea systems like if I'm doing a clearing for myself or a client you know we're working with past lives and you know discordant energies and I've had I personally have had a lot of experiences of energies that have come up in the transformational cellular healing that were of this life but were also coming from a past life Mm, right yeah nice yeah okay so today our plan was to talk about universal laws Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so now you said there's seven and I didn't realize that there were seven. Do you want to just go through just quickly what what are the seven and maybe just a little bit about each? Yeah, absolutely. So seven universal laws. Some people also will call them spiritual laws or laws of nature. And you may see okay. the wording kind of shifted and changed. Like, for example, Deepak Chopra has his seven spiritual laws, oh, right. right? Yes. They're a little bit different. So yeah. the seven universal laws that I work with and learned about in my coaching program, uh, the first one is the law of attraction. Yes. And so I think this is the one that most people understand, whether they saw The Secret a long time ago or they read a book by Abraham Hicks. This is kind of the most commonly known one. Right. And the law of attraction, the idea behind that is basically they say that, you know, that which is like unto itself is drawn. So meaning we are always emitting a frequency or a vibration and whatever that is, is what we then create and pull back to ourselves. Kind of like the boomerang effect that people often talk about, right? Um, Often with the law of attraction too, we'll describe it with other words, not realizing like we might refer to like synchronicity or Mm -hmm. luck or fate or karma you know, and, okay. and that essentially is when we're talking about the law of attraction, we just might not realize it. Okay. Um, the second law is the law of deliberate creation. And so with that law, we're talking about, you know, we can either create from a place of default or we can create from a place of um, deliberate creation. So regardless of which way we go, we're always 100% creating in our lives. We are creative beings. That's what we're meant to do here in this life and so this law states that which we give thought to we begin to attract and when we attach a thought to an emotion we attract it more quickly okay yeah so then the third law and if you've studied any yogic philosophy or meditation then you're probably familiar with this one is called the law of allowing okay and so the law of allowing is about least resistance sorry least action or no resistance Okay. Okay. Um, then the, the next law is the law of sufficiency and abundance. Hey, hang on. I'm going to stop you oh, for a sec. What do you mean yeah. by least action? Least action or no resistance. So meaning instead of trying to push or yes. to try to make things happen, we instead sit back and allow things to happen. Mm. So sometimes we kind of have that idea that we have to um, do something right to create what we want. Right. It's kind of like, um, you know, when I lose 10 pounds, then I'll be this, or when I make this money, then, and we're constantly trying to push or to force. Right. Right. So the law of allowing is the complete opposite. It's like, you know, creating what we want, putting ourselves in the vibration and then realizing that now it's just up to the universe. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next law is the law of sufficiency and abundance. So this one is centers around the belief that there is an unlimited supply for each and every one of us. So there is always enough. So each and every one of us has everything that we need right now in this moment and in every moment of our lives to create what we want if we're willing to accept our divine birthright. Okay. Okay. And then there's the law of pure potentiality. Okay. And this one is stating that the true essence of who we are is one of pure consciousness that our spirit is one of pure potentiality so when we align with this then we are in the power to manifest and create everything that it is that we want in this life Mm, okay the next law is the law of detachment 
Okay, so this is the idea that in order for us to get or to receive anything that we want, that we have to relinquish our mm-hmm. attachment to it, right? right? We basically have to let go. Yes. We have to trust. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is sometimes I want it, the hardest but one. But I'm going to let it go. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. Okay. And then the last one is the law of polarity. And so with this one, this is the idea, the, the, the fancy way they explain it is they say unity is the minimum of the plural of the two. Unity Essentially, is the minimum of the plurality. Yeah, plurality. I know it's really wordy. And the first time I read that, I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Okay, yeah, <laughs> right? Go through that. <laughs> so this one talks about how polarity represents polar opposites. Okay. Right, so think of hot, cold, good, yeah. bad, black, white, whatever that is, right? Okay. And what it's talking about is that, number one, we always have a choice even when we feel like we don't, right? Sometimes we'll say, but I had to, I didn't have a choice. Well, we always have a choice. We might not like all our choices, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? But we do. And it's about accepting whatever we're experiencing in the moment um, and observing the contrast in it. Okay. Okay, and from that contrast, we can find clarity because even when we see something we don't want, Mm -hmm. it's giving us information about what we do want. Right. Right. So the law of polarity is about observing this through the polar opposites, which is the polar opposite of resistance, basically. Right. Mm -hmm. And then taking our focus off of what we don't want and redirecting to what we do. Okay. Yeah. Abraham talks about that all the time. Right. When you know what you don't want, you know what you do want. Yep. Absolutely. And there's tons of like I work with a lot of processes from Abraham Hicks. And a lot of their processes, that's exactly what it's about. It's about, okay, well, if you can see what you don't want, right. then how can you shift that into what you do want? Because right. the vibration are, is different, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Can you tell me about a time, like give me an example of using one of these in your life? Oh, I have a really good one. Okay. And this is an example of creating by default. Okay. <laughs> and this is one where I didn't, I had like I hadn't learned about any of this stuff yet. So right. this is rewind about five plus years ago. Okay. Um, and I was familiar with the law of attraction and had, you know, did some reading on it and stuff like that. It definitely wasn't something I was actively using mm-hmm. at that time in my life, but it was back when I was a teacher. Okay. So I was an elementary teacher for almost 15 years. And towards the end of my teaching career, I had a job as a mindfulness teacher and coach. Yep which was like my dream job. And what's interesting is I had totally created that. It was something that didn't exist. I had started by just doing PD. One day I walked into the office and said to the principal, hey, you should let me do this. And he was like, sure. Mm, (laughs) I was like, okay, that was great. That was definitely an example of creating what I did want. But what was more interesting is when I created what I didn't want. Okay, yeah. (laughs) So it was a three-year project. And at the end of that three years, I had a brand new principal and someone who wasn't as... um, interested in mental health and mindfulness as my previous principal. Okay. So the funding was pulled, the program was over, and I went back into the regular classroom. Okay. And it was a huge shift for me because I had gone from number one, having my dream job, yep. to going back into the classroom and back to doing a lot of stuff I didn't have to do the last three years, like parent-teacher interviews and report cards and all right. the paperwork that goes with being a teacher and all of the behind-the-scenes stuff. And the contrast in that was so huge because I had gone from what I loved (laughs) to now being put into the regular classroom. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved uh, working with the kids, but it was all of the other stuff (laughs) that I didn't love. So I was having this huge experience of being in a position or in a job that I was no longer passionate about. Mm -hmm. And I really got myself onto the train of just, I don't like this. I don't want to do this. You know, I had a taste of doing what I love, so I no longer was willing to do something or to settle for something. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Yep. And so I spent a lot of time thinking and talking about that I didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, Yes. Right? And thinking about, okay, how am I going to get out of this position? You know, and a lot of my thoughts were going to, okay, well, I'll leave teaching when I create this perfect scenario of having a specific number of massage and Reiki clients so that I could like literally just like slide right over, right, right. into a full-time schedule and into yeah. all of this stuff, right? But most of my thoughts and my emotions were just 
a lot of negativity yeah. and a lot of resentment and a lot of feeling stuck. Right. I felt so stuck. Yeah. And so at the end of that year, um, the division that I worked for had just finished building a new school. Okay. And they had asked for volunteers to move over to the new school. Mm-hmm. And they didn't get nearly as many volunteers to move as they wanted to. So then the next step in that was that they had to surplus teachers if locations had too many teachers. Right. So guess what happened? You got surplus. <laughs> I got surplused. And I was pissed about it, Amanda. Okay. <laughs> I was so mad. Right. Because I had been there for over a decade. Right. So there was a lot of like feeling as though I wasn't, you know, recognized for the the things that I had done, recognized right. for creating a mindfulness curriculum, for being there for so long, for seniority, like all yeah. of that stuff, right? But like it's I what just, you were wanting. It was, but I couldn't see it at the time, right? So yeah, then I totally. put myself into like victim. Right. Yeah. I am the victim. This is being done to me. It's completely unfair. It's completely unjust. Like right. I'm. I had the whole story going for myself. Okay. <laughs> like. Yeah. And so then, because I continued with that type of thought process, right, I got offered two different contracts, and neither of them were ones I wanted. Mm. One was a job where it was um, less than 0.5, which meant it, meant it affected my benefits and things. Okay. Um, and it also, like, when I worked part-time in the past, I usually worked full days, but I would, like, alternate days. So, like, right. I'd work Monday, Wednesdays or something. Yep. Well, this was, like, afternoons only. Oh, so then it totally cut into my schedule of being able to massage. And yep. so that wasn't ideal. And the second job was over an hour away from where I lived. Oh, wow. Oh, so now I'd be commuting like yeah. 100% more. My kids would have to go into daycare at like 6.30 a.m. Right. And I wasn't willing to do any of that either. And so there was a lot of push and pull. And I wasn't agreeing to any of the jobs that they were offering me. And I ended up just taking a leave of absence because I wasn't willing to take a job that I knew I was going to be even more miserable than I already was in. Right. So I took a leave of absence for a year, personal leave, and then I let go of my contract the year after. Okay. And even though at the time, like, it, it was really hard. Like, I was so stuck in negativity, so stuck in lack, so stuck in victim just so stuck in all of those programs. Like I couldn't see, I couldn't take the blinders off. Right. And looking back now, I totally realized that I got exactly what I wanted for. The only difference between that and deliberate creation is I got what I wanted. Mm -hmm. But number one, I had one, one idea of what it would look like if I left. So I wasn't open to possibility, Uh, right? I was just, this is the way it has to be. This is the only way it's going to work. And then when I was given something different, I let myself fall into that trap of like negativity and resentment and blaming other people. And the ultimate truth was, is that I had focused so hard Mm -hmm. on not wanting to be there and thought so much about not wanting to be there that finally the universe basically just pushed me off the cliff. Right. (laughs) So how did you shift that, the, the negative part of it, the negative aspect and thinking of it into something more positive? You know, even when I left, I think I was still probably in that negative state of mind. Okay. Like I was still bitter and I was still resentful and I still felt wronged. Right. In a lot of ways. Yeah. And it wasn't until months later, which is probably like around the fall, I guess, you know, October, November, mm-hmm. when I had a brand new found sense of freedom. I had a completely flexible schedule. I was going to work and loving what I do every single day. Right. That then I kind of started to look back and to see that like, Hey, listen, (laughs) you did this to yourself. Right. You know, (laughs) sometimes the, you did this to yourself is a really hard pill to swallow. Yeah. (laughs) But once I had a different experience and I realized all the positives of it and I realized even how different I was, I was such a happier person, so much more relaxed. I was sleeping way better. The stress levels were down. Like there was just such a shift. Nice. Yeah. So I got lucky. Or unlucky. Did, you? <laughs> Did I though? That's yeah. right. I created that, right? Right. Just by default rather than deliberately. And so now I'm much more apt to choose deliberate creation. Right. <laughs> to create what I want rather than to have to go through something like that. 
Okay, nice. So can you give an example of how could somebody deliberately create something? Mm -hmm. So when we talk about creation, it's all about our comes back to being in alignment. Okay. And when we talk about being in alignment, we're talking specifically about our vibration. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is we want to have thoughts or project our thoughts or create thoughts on what it is that we desire. Okay. With an expectation or a belief in it, okay, and then allowing ourselves to be in a place to receive it. So what I mean by that is sometimes we can get into this place where we, you know, I could sit here and say, okay, I want a million dollars. That's what I desire, right? I desire a million bucks. But if I don't actually believe that that's possible, now I'm out of alignment. Right, okay. Right, so it's like every time you go to buy a lottery ticket, you're like, you know, I'm going to buy this lottery ticket. Maybe I'll win. Well, maybe, (laughs) maybe isn't a, I will win, right? Like the belief is very important. It has to be deep down into your bones, into the space of your heart and into your soul. Okay. Yeah. So we can create whatever it is we want, but we often set parameters around ourselves because we only believe that we deserve so much. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so you get limited by what you believe you're worth. Yeah, like I remember, you know, when I first, I watched The Secret a long mm-hmm. time ago and I was like, oh, like, okay, this this totally resonates for me. I believe this to be true. It makes sense. But up until I took the coaching program, there was always a huge disconnect for me. I would be like, okay, well, you know, I wrote down in my positive affirmations that right. I am, you know, a millionaire. Why didn't that happen? Right. Or And then I'd be like sitting there kind of going, okay, does this shit really work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And and the truth is, it does work. But what I also didn't know at the time was about the rest of the laws. I right. only knew about the law of attraction. I didn't 100% understand vibration. Yep. And I didn't realize that, you know, you can recite any positive affirmation you want, but if you don't really believe it, mm-hmm. then it's not going to come to fruition. Okay, so how do you work on shifting somebody's beliefs? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a big one, yeah. right? Because we all have beliefs of lack and beliefs of, of limitation, mm-hmm. right? So what I like to do, part of it for me, number one, is finding an affirmation or a belief that you can resonate with. Okay, yep. Right? So it, positive affirmations is a really good example because I know there's like this misunderstanding out there about positive affirmations that if you just write these down in your journal every day or you recite them in the mirror that eventually they're going to be true. Right. But if it's, you know, worded by someone else and it's not a way that you would speak to yourself or it's not something that you can get yourself to believe, then it's not going to work. Right. Right. So the first thing I would say is that you need to find language that works for you and something that's believable. So maybe you can't believe that you can attract a million dollars, but you may be able to believe that you can attract a hundred. Right. Yeah. Right. So we have to start with where we're at. Okay. Right. And what's cool about that is when we start where we're at and then we start to see evidence Mm -hmm. or proof, we get excited. Right. Right. And that vibration of excitement then brings us into an even higher state of alignment. And then we can go a little bit further and a little bit further. Right. A little bit further. So a lot of times when we do it, we want to jump from like zero to 60. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It's like, well, if I'm going to manifest, I'm going to manifest, you know, the million bucks. Well, sometimes we just have to start Mm -hmm. a little bit smaller and really become masters of our own energy first. Right. And then we can accelerate ourselves forward. Okay. The other thing is, so there are processes that work with limiting beliefs. And so awareness is key, right? A lot of times there's things that are kind of sitting underneath the surface that we don't even realize are there. Yeah. So we, there's processes that Abraham Hicks does where we can, you know, get to those underlying beliefs. And that's also one of the reasons why I do SRT. Okay. Because SRT is a beautiful tool right. to begin to crack open all of those limits and uh, limitations, sorry, and lack that's in our field. And some of them we're not even aware of. Right. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I see now how you're putting it together. That's cool. I know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And you call yourself an alignment coach, correct? I do. Okay. So you're helping people align. What are they yeah. aligning? Well, they're aligning their lives, but ultimately they're aligning their vibration because anytime we want to work with the universal laws and the law of attraction and Mm -hmm. energy, 
it all comes down to whether or not we're in alignment. The degree of how much we are or aren't in alignment is going to dictate what we can create. Okay, and we're talking about alignment energetically with the things that you want, with your beliefs, with all of it. What is it? Yeah, it is kind of all of it. So when I refer to alignment, I'm essentially referring to energy or vibration. Okay. Okay, so when we talk about energy, okay, we know and science has proven this that everything is, is around us is created through energy, mm-hmm. right? So it doesn't matter if it's, you know, the chair that you're sitting on right. or the cup that you're holding in your hand, whatever it is, everything is created by, by energy. And so therefore we also in effect are energy, mm-hmm. right? So Abraham Hicks talks a lot about the emotional guidance scale. And so right. when we refer to emotion, emotion is simply just energy that is in motion, right? And that energy, or we can also use the word frequency or vibration, they're basically interchangeable, okay, okay, is what dictates what we can attract to ourselves. Okay. So if you are feeling, let's say, really negative or you're experiencing anxiety, that's a much denser emotion. It has a much lower vibration. And that's what you're going to attract to yourself. So have you ever had a day where, (laughs) you know, something happens and sets you off and then you're upset or you're angry or whatever, and then the whole rest of the day keeps going like that, right? Mm -hmm. It's like one thing after the other. Because you're emitting that vibration, you're now bringing more of that into your world. Right. So if you can become a master of your own energy in the sense that you can be aware of your emotions and where they are on the emotional scale then you can start to move yourself up the scale to a higher vibration and then you will attract at that new vibration. Okay. So, yeah. So even if you look at, you know, even if you take everything that you desire and you want to create for your life and you put it to to the side, what I believe to be true is that if you can master your own energy or master your own alignment, Mm -hmm. absolutely anything that you desire is possible. Okay. So do you have any examples? Can you can you tell me about a time either when you or someone you've worked with has deliberately created something? Oh, geez. Yeah, there's lots. There's lots. So um, I remember uh, a couple months ago on the new moon, I decided that I was going to do, I was going to practice with abundance. Okay. And uh, one of my colleagues had um, given me a copy like on a piece of paper of blank checks right yes (laughs) do you remember this i think you saw it on my social feed you posted but yeah i've done the same thing yeah yeah and i i was like okay and and i'd been working a lot with an affirmation around money up until that point and one of the ones that resonates for me in terms of money is that i attract unlimited amounts of money yeah in unexpected ways so, I like that, the unexpected know. ways part. So, That's good, yeah. Yeah, so I'm opening myself up to like money coming to me in ways that I can't even comprehend, right? right. Like total possibility. Yes. So on the new moon, I decide I'm going to do this. I always do ceremonies on the moon because that's part of my jam. Um, so I decide I'm going to work with this check. So I print off the check and I write a check to myself and it's, you know, to Tracy Montgomery and it's unlimited amounts of money on there. So I didn't even pick an amount. I just said okay. unlimited amounts of money. Yep. And then I signed it the universe. Nice. And so I'm like, okay. So I put it, I did the ceremony and I put it on my um, altar and I left it and I like totally forgot about it, to be honest with you. Yeah. And uh, two days later, um, I'm doing laundry and I decided to do my husband's like work clothes. He keeps them separate from his regular clothes. And often my husband does his own laundry, so I don't really do it a ton. For whatever reason, I decide I'm going to be a nice wife and I do his laundry. And I check his pockets because sometimes he'll leave pens and stuff in. I check his pockets and I find a $20 bill. (laughs) Nice. Sweet. I'm like, I'll just put that in my coffee fund. You know, I put that in my wallet. Yeah. It's all good. And uh, the day after that, now it's Sunday, I believe, and I decide I'm going to go for a morning uh, walk out in okay. out in nature. So I've got my earbuds on, I'm listening to podcasts, and I'm just walking down um, Giraud Road here in St. Albert. And all of a sudden, I get a little notification, and it's a voicemail from a coach that I work with. Yep. So my coach. Yep. And so I listen to the voicemail, 
And she's like, oh, happy Sunday. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that um, one of your friends just signed up on a coaching with a uh, coaching program with me. And uh, I'm so happy and so grateful. Um, She's like, so I sent you a little something. Um, Check your email. I'm like, oh, okay. And I didn't even know who the person was, either who the referral was. I had to actually message her and ask her. But so I go check my email and she had sent me money. Oh, nice. As a gift for referring someone else. And I didn't even know she did that. That's awesome. I was like, oh, (laughs) thank you. So there was two things in a span of like 48 hours. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, and I mean, granted, it wasn't a million dollars, but I don't care. I'm like, that's okay. And I think that's part of the point too, right? As soon as we put a parameter on it. Right. Right. Then we're, we're putting ourselves out of the realm of possibility. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So as you're talking about all these things, and even as I'm asking you the questions, I'm realizing that these, these seven laws, although I hadn't heard of them in this way specifically, Mm -hmm. they're like, I hear about them all the time. Yeah. I just thought that they all were law of attraction. Yes. Yeah. And so that's a lot of times the, the, I guess, misinformation that's out there. Right. Or, Mm. and I noticed that too, like before I took this course and that was part of the reason why I chose a specific coaching program was because it worked with the universal laws. It worked with energy mastery. It worked with quantum energy and and light body. And so it was all about energy. And that's why I specifically chose it. And one of the biggest things that I learned is that for me, the disconnect and why it wasn't working for me was because I didn't understand, number one, all of the other six laws. Right. And I just thought that if I could just do the law of attraction, that that's all I needed to do. Mm -hmm. But there's so much more to it in terms of managing our own energy. Right. Mm -hmm. And how come there are so many, you might not know the answer to this, but there's so many laws like I did a Google search of seven universal laws and yeah. it came up with seven different ones. I mean, some of them were similar, mm-hmm. but they were different. And then I've heard of like the law of vacuum and mm. yeah. So the law of vacuum, according to Abraham Hicks is actually, it's not a law, but vacuum um, is actually a process, the void process. Mm. Okay. So what I'm noticing, like I know my coach, yep. she trained with certain people and most of the people that talk about universal laws and the law of attraction, mm-hmm. um, either doing it because they were trained from someone else. Right. So they're using the information that they got okay. or they're a channel. Ah, so what I always find interesting is if you look at all of the different channels that work with the law of attraction or the universal laws, mm-hmm. you know, or they'll work with, they'll call it the council or the whatever they call it. Essentially, the information is all the same, same. Mm. but it's being filtered through someone's experience. Right. Right. Okay. And then these channels created in a way that makes sense to them. Right. So my teacher created it in the way that made sense to her. And she sure. she follows Abraham Hicks a lot. So that's what her work is a lot based okay. on. Right. Okay. But so everybody's different. But what I do notice is that collectively, yeah. no matter what you want to call it, mm-hmm. You know, like we call an apple an apple. If you speak Spanish, you call it something different. Right. If yes. you, But it's the same apple. Right. It's so, so it's funny this. that you bring that up as an example. <laughs> I have well, a funny I, story. It's going to go way off tangent. That's okay. There's a, um, a girl that I used to coach. And she was telling us a story about how her and I think she said they were either in kindergarten or grade one. And her and her best friend would walk to school together all, every day. And I think they were coming home from school. And... They got in a big argument because so the the one girl that I coached, she was um, she spoke French at home. Mm -hmm. And so they were arguing over this thing. And the the one girl insisted that it was a pom, and the other one was convinced that she was wrong and that it was an (laughs) apple. Yeah. (laughs) And they argued and argued because they both knew they were right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And well, and isn't that funny how we yeah. put labels on things, but there really is no right or wrong. Right. It doesn't matter. Like even, you know, the fact that you're named Amanda and I'm named Tracy. Yeah. I You could be called Amanda. You could be called Tracy. You could be called, uh, you know, Catherine. You could be called anything. Right. It doesn't matter what you're called. You're still you and I'm still me. Mm-hmm. That's right? true. Yeah. But it does change. It does have different 
feelings. It does. Well, because yeah. we attach energy and vibration or meaning do. to those things. Yes. Right? Like, look yes, at the charge true. behind money. Right. Money has a huge charge for everyone in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the charge of not enough or the charge of abundance or the charge of being, you know, bad with money, whatever it is, everyone has an energetic charge around it. Right. And really, it's just a piece of paper and a number. Yeah, it's just energy. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. So let's say I want to attract more money into my life mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. What would you recommend for me? When we talk about manifestation, mm-hmm. which is what we're doing when we're, we're doing that, right? There's, there's basically, f- there's four steps. Number one, we have to ask. Okay. Right. So remember, we're always creating. So yep. we're either creating by default or we're creating deliberately, right? right? Yes. By design, so yes. to speak. So you have to ask for what you want. Okay. And the clearer that you can be, yep. the better, right? So if we go back to that example of, of my job, right? I knew mm-hmm. I wanted out, but I wasn't specific about how. Right. Right. So the more clarity you have when you're asking mm-hmm. is key. The second piece is that believing piece that we talked about, Okay. right? We have to believe that it's true. You can't ask for something and then sit back and go, well, that's never going to happen or I don't deserve it or whatever it is, right? So if you can't wholeheartedly believe in it, then you're already out of alignment. Okay. Okay. The third step is receive. So that's kind of going back to the the art of allowing, right? We have to be open to mm-hmm. receiving. And so if we automatically say this is this is how it should happen or this is how I'm going to get it. Right. We've taken ourselves out of the realm of possibility. That's why when I use that affirmation affirmation I say in unexpected ways. Right. Okay. Right? Cuz I'm like I could find it, it could be gifted to me, it could, I don't care how I get it. Right. <laughs> right? Yep. Doesn't matter. And then the fourth part is to act. And so that's about taking inspired action okay right and so inspired action could be you know writing yourself a check it could be you know it's listening to those intuitive nudges because it's those intuitive nudges that kind of guide us to where we need to go Mm -hmm. right right yeah okay so i have a couple of questions from that okay so one is the um, something that i have trouble with or get caught up in or whatever, it doesn't totally make sense to me, is the, when you ask, when you want to be so specific for what you're asking for, but then you also want to leave room for the universe to provide in ways that you have no concept of, right? Yes, totally. And to me, those two, in a lot of ways, seem like they're, they contradict each other. Okay. So can you give me an example of something that you would ask for? Um, okay, sure. So I'm going to move to Costa Rica mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. Um, and I, I am planning to have a retreat center. So yes. here's actually, here's part of it. This is not where I was going to go with this, but I kind of uh, received a message almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, not a, almost kind of received a message that I am to have a retreat center. In Costa Rica. So not just live there, but have a retreat center. So originally I was thinking, well, I need to build it. But then I'm thinking, well, no, maybe I don't need to build it. Maybe it already exists. Mm-hmm. So what do I do with that? Like, do I go really specific on how I want it to look and what I want to have there? And, but still, can it still be open that maybe I have it built or maybe it already exists? Mm-hmm. So I remember one of my teachers, this is something that stuck with me, and this was before I understood all of the laws as much mm-hmm. as I do now, is she would always say, put the how on hold. Right. Put the how on hold. Yeah. And so what we want to do is we want to move ourselves into a space of creation. Okay. So, and here's where the specificity comes in, in the sense that you can sit down and you can journal or you can dream, you can imagine, visualize, meditate on exactly what you want this retreat center to look like and have those details 
as specific as possible. So you would say, okay, it's, you know, maybe a piece of land. It's this many acres. Mm -hmm. uh, It has this many bedrooms and you as specific, what do the floors look like? What does the kitchen look like? How is it decorated? Like as much as you can around what it would look like. And you're going to work with that dream, that vision. Okay. Okay. So that's what you're asking for, right? Mm. That's what you're trying to create essentially. Okay. And then if it already exists, then that's what will show up for me. That's right. So that's the acting piece, right? right? So you create it through the ask and then believing you're open to receive it in any way, shape or form. Right. And then you begin to take inspired action. So then you go look at a few places, mm-hmm. right? Maybe when you're looking at a few places, someone suggests to you that there's this piece of land to build on. Right. Or maybe you look at building and you find this place that already exists. Right. Right. But then you can start to take pieces of action to show the universe, right, that you're trying to attract it to you and it will show up in exactly the perfect way in exactly the perfect timing. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's helpful. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. That's a good question. <laughs> So, and then when you said receive, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is so much a question, but more of a, just a noticing is how terrible, and maybe that's too strong of a word, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> especially I find women, we're so bad at receiving. Totally. And the way I notice it the most is compliments mm-hmm. and gifts. Yep. Like so many of my friends, if I give them something, they're wanting to give me something back. Mm-hmm. And even myself, if somebody gives me something, my first, uh, not inclination, because I've kind of gotten past that, but I still have this little urge that, oh, oh, I need to give them something. Mm-hmm. And yeah. how many times do we get a compliment and we brush it off? Yeah. Or we instinctively, like immediately throw it back at the other person. Yes. Absolutely. So can I ask you a question? Sure. So why do you think you feel like if, for example, I was to give you a gift, Mm -hmm. why would you need to give me one back? What's the belief there? Um, Well, part of it is, I think that I was taught that that's the right thing that you do. Like that's the polite thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And beyond that, I mean, there may be something there that it's like, well, I'm not worthy of this. Mm-hmm. If that is there, though, it's not. It's subconscious, though. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, part of it is totally ha- like, and not to. I'm not going to go into like I'm blaming my parents. I, when I say right. that, I don't mean it that way. Yeah. But to- for every single one of us, we have those constructs or those paradigms that were given to us, mm-hmm. right? That you should do this. This is the right thing. This is the wrong thing. When the truth is, everything is neutral. Okay. Everything is neutral. It's how we choose to perceive it yes. that makes it quote unquote right, wrong, good, bad, positive, negative. Right. Right. And and we can also base that on how we feel. Some things feel way better than others do. Right. Right. Yes. And so with that, that's part of the reason why I do the SRT for sure. Right. Okay. Is to kind of bust through the blocks and the that you know, bullshit that was kind of handed down to us from our parents or their parents or their parents before them or however many generations that is, right? Right. And the other piece comes back to, you know, again, with manifestation, believing. And so then there's some work that needs to be done around self-love, around worthiness, Mm -hmm. around being enough, because we can't create a life we want if we don't believe that we deserve it. Right. So that's when we have to dig a little bit deeper. We have to look at those limiting beliefs. We have to start to begin to shift them. And that's a process in itself too, right? We can't just snap our fingers and all of a sudden one day believe that we're enough, mm-hmm. right? But that's also why for me, like a big component I feel is connection to spirit. Okay. Meditation, connection to spirit and beginning to understand that it's, it lies within us rather than always thinking that it's external and lies outside of us. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm, nice. Yeah. And maybe there's some inner child work that needs to be done too, right? Which is not anything anyone really wants to sign up for. <laughs> <laughs> but there's always that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's the thing about like the coaching that I do too, like, 
even though it's really fun to create Mm -hmm. and to learn all of these laws and to, you know, imagine what you want and look at your desires and dream big, you know, and all of those things. Right. There's also the other the side of it, the component of having to do the work. Right. Because we can't never do the work and create everything that we want. Because if we don't do the work, we have those limiting beliefs that are sitting underneath the service that are, are keeping us from creating everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the criticisms that I've heard, right, of the secret is that it made people think that all you do is you sit and you think mm-hmm. and you don't take any action and you don't do any work. That's right. Yeah. And I'm okay. sure there's people out there still that would say that that's the way it is too, right? Um, that's just not my experience or my belief. Right. Well, sitting on your couch just thinking isn't likely to bring things to you. No, no. <laughs> there has to be some kind of action. Well, and it's kind of like, you know, because every time we try to create something or we try to attract something for us, the universe gives us what I like to call breadcrumbs. Okay. Or what Abraham Hicks would refer to is look at the closeness of the match. Okay. And what that means is that the more alignment that you're in, the quicker you can create something Mm -hmm. and the bigger the thing that you can create. But when you're first learning how to do this, I feel like it's really important for people to celebrate the small wins, if you will, (laughs) the little things, right? Like I celebrated my 20 bucks, even though it wasn't a million. Nice. Right. And it's so the idea, it's looking for the proof or the evidence right. of what you're trying to do. And the more that you see that, the more momentum you will get, which means now you're attracting at a higher level and bigger things will start to come. But you have okay. to start somewhere. Yes. Yeah. That's Again, that's interesting you said that because <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I put a post out on, I think it was Instagram last week. Um, and one of the hashtags I used was celebrate the little things. Yeah. And I was going to ask you about that. Like, how do you celebrate the little things? It depends what it is. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I just, you know, post it on uh, social media and share it with everybody. Other yeah. times, often what I do is I'll text a couple of really close friends and be like, oh, guess what? This happened, you right. know, whatever. Yeah. Sometimes I'll reward myself with some, you know, maybe it's a glass of wine. Maybe it's a, you know, a pedicure or, right. or what that is. But celebration and gratitude are vibrations that are really high okay and so they're very important when you're in a process of trying to create what you want and trying to manifest is you know it's this idea that we look at where we're at Mm -hmm. right what we already have and we're grateful for that knowing that that is enough because if we can't be grateful and celebrate what we already are what we Mm -hmm. already do what we already have we can attract something even bigger to ourselves okay yeah does that make sense yep yeah well and it's about being in the present moment too right mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so i think i have one more question for you okay um so part of your business name is integrative healing mm-hmm. so why the integrative part yeah so my full business name is root to rise integrative healing and root to rise also kind of implies the integrative part. And so my belief and my experience is that there is no one way or one modality to heal ourselves on all levels. So, you know, when we talk about healing, a lot of people think that it's just of the physical nature, Mm -hmm. right? Like I'll heal this imbalance or I'll heal this injury or I'll heal this disease. And we don't often then think to address the mental the emotional, the energetic, and the spiritual aspects. And what I really started to notice, and I think I already knew this on some level, but when I started massaging, what I really started to notice is the energetic um, correlation between the physical pain that someone was experiencing Mm -hmm. and what was going on in their life and the emotions that they were experiencing and where they were at on an energetic level. Okay. So you know, chronic physical um, issues, for example, is a really good way to look at it. If you have chronic low back pain, there's a huge, you know, energetics um, explanation behind that too. It might not just be muscular back pain. Right. Right. And so for me, when I look at healing, 
And on my own journey, it has been about physical, mental, emotional, energetic, and spiritual. So it's about what can I do to heal all of those aspects and to also notice that they're all connected, mm-hmm. right? They're all interwoven to each other. So if we can address all of them, then that's when we can move ourselves into a space where we can become whole again. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> so is there anything that you think would be important for people to know that maybe we, I haven't asked you about or we haven't covered yet? Mm. I think the most important thing to know with respect to energy and the universal laws, um, in my experience, in my opinion, and I think sometimes that it is um, maybe looked at as underrated, is that the management of your energy on a consistent daily basis Mm. is what will help you to shift into a life that you love. So it's nice. it's a slow and steady process, right? Yeah. But it's, you know, the work that you do every single day, whether yeah. it's a small process or journaling or all of those, that constant awareness of your vibration and the ability to be able to shift it mm-hmm. every single day is what will create, what will gain momentum and create what you want to create. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. So consistency is key. Consistency. Mm-hmm. Good. Cool. Yeah. Okay. And what kind of uh, services or products or courses or whatever, what, what do you have that you offer that people could take part in to work with you? So right now from the coaching aspect, I offer one-on-one coaching um, packages. And so you can absolutely go to uh, my social media. There's a link tree or you can go to my website and you'll find, um, I do free 30 minute alignment calls And that's an opportunity for both of us to get on the phone, to talk about where you're at, to talk about where you want to go and to make sure that we're a perfect fit for each other. Okay. And so you can absolutely start there. Um, I also do the SRT virtually or in person, and I do the massage and energy work as well. Um, I also do yoga and retreat. So there's lots of different things that way. And I'm working on a group program that'll be coming out soon this fall. So you can also watch for that. That'll be another opportunity to work with me. Okay. And how can people contact you? You said you have a link tree and I will put all of this information in the show notes as well. Yeah. So if you go to my Instagram account, I've got a route to rise account as well as a personal account that I use for business as well. And as soon as you go to my profile, you'll uh, click on the link tree and you'll see book alignment call. You can absolutely do that. Um, Or you can go to my website, which should be completely revamped and finished in the next week to two weeks. And all of the links are on there as well. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much, Tracy. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Amanda. It's been a pleasure. And you ask such great questions. Well, thank you. (laughs) Keep me on my toes. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Well, I've learned a lot. So this is awesome. Awesome. Good. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you to Tracy for joining me in this fabulous conversation today. And thank you so much to you for listening. And now wherever you are, just pause for a moment and notice whatever it is that's supporting you. Feel the stability that you get from that support. Let your shoulders soften away from your ears. Let your jaw relax. Feel into your breath. Take a nice, full, deep inhalation. And allow a full, relaxing exhalation. And find your serenity now.